Hey there, Sean. Hey, Pierce. How's it going? It's pretty okay. All right. I mean, it's time for another episode of the It's Pretty Okay podcast. Let's do it. Let's start the show. It's the most wonderful time of the year. No, so, yeah. it's not Christmas. It is October. It's not bowl season either, which is also Christmas. <laughs> uh, no, but it is time for a a thing that I find particularly magical. And I think our, our guest today, Kevin. Hey, Kevin. Hey, wait, quick question. Am I, am I supposed to be Max or am I just supposed to be myself in this one? <laughs> I would not wish that burden upon anyone. <laughs> Damn. You can decide I, I, which burden that is. Yeah, I think you you do whichever you choose, or you could kind of ping pong back and forth between. Go socks. <laughs> oh God. Uh, but yes, it is that time of the year. It's uh, it's playoff baseball time, and uh, the uh, we're we're on the on the video chat, and and I know that I see Pierce making a face. His head is in his hands, and it almost makes me think that uh, you maybe don't like baseball. Um. I like baseball, except when it gets really baseball-y. I feel similarly <laughs> to about baseball as I feel about the internet, which is it's great, except that it's terrible. Do you also uh, think fish is too fishy? Oh, no, no, no. Fi- fish, fish with the pH or... Yeah, this is important. <laughs> no, fish is great. Fish, fish is also great, but fish can sometimes be too fishy. Yeah. Um, and it's not really... It's... it's uh, anyways... I think with fish or with baseball or with the internet, <laughs> it is what the people who really care about it make it to be. So this time of year, there's there's all this drama built up. And I'm like, you've been doing this literally 162 times at least for the entire year. And all of a sudden, you go to a crawl and start thinking about what you're doing. And Sean, actually, you brought this up earlier this year with some, there was a, a Pittsburgh Pirates player's quote about, uh, uh, I forget who the pitcher is, but like, oh, we, we really feel like we can go out there and, and win when he's on the mound. And, and the point is, is like, why don't you try to win every day? Yeah. And so they all of a sudden decide we're going to go out and win, which is great. Like it is. But then it goes uh, the game that the Cubs and I believe the Brewers played the other night was the Cubs and no, the Rockies. Cubs, Cubs and Rockies, Rockies yeah. was a four-hour and 55-minute game. I understand it went 13 innings, but let me say that again. It was almost five hours. If I wanted that, I would go watch cricket, which is way more action-packed than this. Let me tell you. I'm going to come out hot with that. All right. Well, here's the thing. I actually can't argue with you about the cricket part. The cricket part is actually pretty unassailable logic. Yeah. But I am going to say that that baseball game, which admittedly I did not sit down and watch end to end. Yeah, because um, you value sleep like a normal human. I, la- I was doing a radio show until three in the morning. No, <laughs> no, I do not. I clearly do not value sleep. But uh, that game was amazing. That game was essentially perfect. And for for that game to have been even one minute shorter would have been a travesty it would have deprived everyone who was partaking in that game of yeah. something beautiful especially all the uh all the cubs fans that i see coming out of the woodwork <laughs> in moab utah in arches national park because all of a sudden they're just cubs fans everywhere hey so, man d- look there there's a reason cubs fans are everywhere there it's wgn was the first cable channel it they were the first wow. team that went national 
I'm I'm way more sympathetic to. Like, You're a fan that. of the second or third team that went national. Uh, that who is that the. The, is that the Nationals? Los Yankees. Yeah, oh, yeah, the, yeah. The shirt you're wearing right so, now. So, yeah, that's. <laughs> I'm saving that for later. I'm saving that for later. That's going to be an important point. But, uh, yeah, I I think that playoff baseball does have a uh, – Fox, I think of Fox doing it a lot. I think of um, Joe Buck's voice. Um, and who's the guy he who he did it with for all those years, um, the, the color commentator guy? I have no um, idea. Uh, anyways – I think of that, and it's almost like they put a different lens on on the cameras. There's just something deeper and richer about it, and then all of a sudden it slows to a crawl, and you have the managers walk out there, and they're really thinking about it, uh, you know. Uh, and and they're just, not thinking about you. Think they're stalling. They're for stalling. The no, and I then, love all that uh, shit. You know, and and then there's the the classic. Was it the Red Sox game where where the guy I think it was Pedro wanted to stay in the game and he stayed in the game and he screwed up. Um, and there's stuff like that. There's there's more of a story. And but also I get bored and I want to go to sleep. Well, just okay. So here's the thing: you can go to sleep. That's fine. No, like you're not wrong to do that. But I I do what I want is for you to acknowledge that. Playoff baseball, and I think you already did. Playoff baseball is something totally different. It's a different animal from the baseball regular season, which is yeah. insanely long and totally worthless. Um, I mean, it's the only it's the only sport in the in the U.S. where they play over a hundred games in the season. Yeah. Like it doesn't it doesn't matter. Each when each game is less than one percent of your season total, like it's hard to it's hard to get up for that. It's hard to get up for a Wednesday day game. But you and you hit on my favorite aspect of playoff baseball. There's just there's a heightened there's a heightened storytelling to it all. And everything just and I don't I don't totally get why it's this way, but everything just feels a little more electric. Everyone's a little more on the edge of their seat. And the things the things that make you uh, kind of mildly pleased at a, a regular season game get you hyped up, and the things that get you hyped up at a regular season game make you lose your damn mind. And I just I love that. And, and maybe it's something where you know we could argue a, a long time about whether baseball is the national pastime in terms of its popularity, but there's no doubt that it's our historical pastime and Uh, yeah that's that's definitely right and so you get to connect you get to connect back to this rich legacy of iconic players iconic moments and so i I think that even i don't know I, i think about basketball basketball is clearly on the rise it's an ascendant sport in the u.s right now and I think of the most memorable moments in, like, playoff basketball. And they basically all happened while, I'm, while I've been alive or a few years before that. They, like, going back to, to 1989. And I'm sure, you know, there are people out there who saw Bill Russell play and think that I'm full of shit, but... You know, it's very easy for me to recognize that there's a lot of a lot of the most iconic baseball 
was played well before I was born, and some of it even before like my parents were born. Mm-hmm. And yeah. so I think there's something really neat about that. So I think that you mentioned the NBA, um, and and I kind of want to transition a little bit to Kevin because you you kind of posed this really well, and, and we were kicking this around, which is that that maybe your maybe our relationship with baseball has we're talking about grander time but in shorter time sort of it's getting longer and longer but in our lifetimes um since our childhood feeling that our relationship your relationship with baseball has has changed um for you you know now you're definitely in the dc area when when we were younger and i got into a fight with someone about this once not a fight, a, 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 a an exchange verbally that was not positive uh, about this very thing, which is until I was 15 years old, I didn't have a local baseball team. I mean, mm-hmm. I can include the Orioles, but I really hate the Orioles. So, uh, you know, can you, can you expand on that and, you know, just, you know, is the team you root for different now? I think it is. Yeah, I mean, I, I grew up an Orioles fan, and uh, I, you know, kind of, kind of where I, was was thinking about all this is that I have a tough time knowing like you said my relationship with baseball has changed and when I watch the game I you know enjoy it in a much different way and I don't know how much of that is just you know me being an adult versus a kid but you know when I was a kid it was very I was, you know I idolized Cal Ripken Jr. Yeah. and um, you know there was there was like Stuart Scott on ESPN and the highlights like were great and now I kind of look at it as just this kind of I watch a game as kind of this series of like discrete events with a lot of build up to it and you know there, there's all the math behind it and I, I dig all the math and stuff but it just I don't know if if that's you know me just being an adult and paying attention to the math stuff because I read about it or it's you being a nerd yeah or if you know it's <laughs> just the or if the athletes are you know are just advertised in a different way or if you know the game's the game's just different and you know it's it's managed differently and it's just it's a, a different beast. So, uh, Sean, I'm I'm interested how how you you view this as as changing. I know that another thing is you both played baseball mm-hmm. growing up and I I did not. So I, I'm curious how maybe that affects the way you both view baseball and and how it's changed. So I think for so for me, I played baseball, baseball and t-ball probably from when I was uh, six or seven until I was thirteen. Yeah, that was the last year I I used to play like rec league baseball. I played on a. Yeah, I think it's about the same with me. And so when I was a kid and I was playing baseball, I was really really into baseball. Um, and, and it's some of the same things. Like I idolized. God, I see this. This hasn't aged quite as well as Cal Ripken, but for a while I idolized Roger Clemens because I wanted to pitch. Um, I think this is fine. He was the most <laughs> dominant pitcher of his right. time, and I'll I'll go ahead and include Randy Johnson in that thing. I I, I can't I can't rank him over Randy Johnson. Randy Johnson. I mean, that might be one. That might be one in one A at the time. I mean, they were great, right. iconic players. But I so I also I, I think it was even a little exaggerated for me because you guys were sort of within striking distance of the Orioles. But mm-hmm. I grew up in New Orleans, Louisiana. I'm not close to baseball teams. The closest teams to me are like eight hours away in any direction. So there's the 
Astros to the west, um, the Braves to the northeast, and then uh, I think it's farther than that to St. Louis. But uh, we're we're not talking about that team because that team is the worst. But that's like the that's like the one kind of quote unquote classic franchise in your in your even sort of orbit. I mean, I d- the- I disagree. I think the Braves. So well. So what happened for me is that I got the teams that were that had a national footprint. I got Braves, Yankees, and Cubs, the teams that had big cable distribution deals. So, I, I mean, and part of it is that I was always really drawn to pitching. I, re, I loved Roger Clemens when I was like 10. Um, I, I, had a, I had a Clemens jersey from when my family went to New York for the first time. Uh, I really dug Greg Maddox and Tom Glavin. And uh, I, I remember, I, I remember really wanting Carrie Wood to be great, um, which he was just for a very short period of time, and then a later period of time that was okay. Yeah. So then, so when I was thirteen, uh, I guess that spring was the last time that I played baseball, and then that the end of that summer is when uh, is when Katrina hit and my family evacuated to Houston and we were there for a semester and we went to a couple Astros games that was a year that the Astros went to the World Series we went to playoff games because we got I mean the hurricane was at the end of August so we were there in September and October and part of why they made the World Series is that they had Roger Clemens and so I got for for these two blissful months I got really like passionately invested in the Houston Astros and then they got swept by the bum ass White Sox and uh, <laughs> World Series MVP Scott Pasednik um, that's, that's another another thing that your I think your mileage may vary on whether this is a good thing or a bad thing but it is it's fascinating that baseball uh, makes it possible for you to have most valuable players, a thing we've talked about on the pod before, like Scott Pesednik or David Eckstein. Um, baseball has some really <laughs> terrible Who is the MVP of the Royal Series? Who cares? <laughs> that's, that's the correct answer. Um, but... I, I, the, only, the only Kansas City team I recognize is the Monarchs, personally. Um, anyway, so at, after that, I, I came back. Uh, we came back, and I started high school, and I stopped playing baseball. I wasn't playing anymore, so my connection to the sport wasn't as strong. And uh, I think I'm pretty sure Clemens retired kind of around then, and, and so I was – sort of a drift and I kind of pushed baseball away for a while all the way through college really and I actually got it in my head that I didn't like baseball that I actively disliked it so my baseball meaning meaning you watching like the MLB yes okay yes uh so at the conclusion of my time in college I wound up in y'all's neck of the woods in northern Virginia for a summer internship and I was living in an apartment with two other people in my program. And 
didn't really have a lot to do in the off time. And I spent some time coming, you know, kind of commuting over to Arlington to hang out with Max. Uh, but I also said, I just sort of, I took a moment to kind of question myself and say, wait, do you really not like baseball or do you just like, I think the catalyst was kind of going to the Nats game on the 4th of July. Yeah. Oh, baseball is really neat. It's a fun thing to, you know, it was certainly, it was a fun thing to be there in person and it kind of like reaccessed a lot of stuff for me. And I spent the next three weeks that I was still there saying, okay, maybe what I'm going to do is I'm going to kind of try to immerse myself in this and I'm going to watch a bunch of baseball. I'm gonna, like, I'm not making enough money to buy a bunch of DC baseball tickets, but I'll watch a bunch of baseball on TV and see if the game grabs me again, see if a team grabs me again. And it did. And I, I just, I sort of found myself back in kind of the same mode. I wasn't, you know, it wasn't as deep a connection as when I was playing baseball a few months out of every year, but just like coming back to it, I think it, it, it became kind of a nostalgia thing. It became like reaccessing. Yeah. Uh, a part of me that was really important to me when I was 10 or 11. So, yeah, that, uh, I, it's, it's actually kind of, it's, it's very uh, eerie how, how much that mirrors my experience, uh, experience and that I was absolutely in love with baseball as I was playing it. I idolized Cal Ripken Jr. I played third base. Um, I didn't quit because of a national or uh, a disaster. I quit because when the bases moved from 60 feet to 90 feet and I was playing third base, I just like shit my pants. I was like, I can't, I can't make that throw. <laughs> to be fair, so, I did not. I didn't quit because of the hurricane. I had, I knew I wasn't going to play uh, after that. Yeah. But uh, yeah, it kind of went into the background. And then I, for me, it was also like after college, I rediscovered. And I think it was, it was a combination of having you know, all of a sudden having this downtime where I don't have homework to do when I get home and I would turn on the games, but it was also the UVA baseball team also was, was doing really well. Yeah. And, and yeah, I think one thing that you, that you kind of hit on is with, with baseball, I think part of the, what makes it great, but which is also a big problem is that it might, it might be uh, like my favorite sport to watch if I'm willing to watch every game. Like if you really invest yourself into a team and a season, yeah. it's a ton of fun. But so, it's just it's not good for tuning in for for an hour or for <clears throat> even for a game. Yeah, and and so I want to I want to translate as someone who didn't play. Uh, I think you've you've all kind of touched on what I think is an important point. Kevin, you just mentioned picking up and watching one game. I remember when I was younger that the Sunday night game, you could watch that and it was really great experience. Um, and not that it's not good now, but uh, I guess it was Joe Morgan and John Miller. If I remember correctly, they called the games. It was always a lot of fun. Um, Kevin, you mentioned Cal Ripken. Sean, you mentioned Roger Clemens. As someone who grew up, uh, you know, for, for me, my entree to baseball was, was really my dad who who kind of disliked the the Orioles because of the proximity and like when he was young there was actually a team in Washington there was the Senators and they were gone um so he he grew up a Yankees fan I'm wearing my Derek Jeter jersey from like you know somewhere in the mid-2000s um 
And the thing I think about with, with those games, you could watch one game because Roger Clemens was pitching or Randy Johnson was pitching or Cal Ripken was playing or Brady Anderson was hitting 58 home runs and you could go watch that. that and this is the, this is the 20 year anniversary. And I remember it vividly. I remember it vividly. Um, uh, Mark McGuire and Sammy Sosa chasing that elusive 61 oh, mark. Yes. That was awesome. Bring steroids really back. And I could tune into any of those games. And right now, if you asked me, you know, in a crowd, uh, pick out Mike Trout, I couldn't do it. I couldn't do it. Pick out Mike Max Scherzer. I might be able to do that because he's local to me. Bryce Harper, I can pick him out, but he's not, he's not a winner. With the NBA and the NFL, you have this right now where you have these titans. You have the Patriots who go to the Super Bowl every year. I could pick out Tom Brady. Um, you have LeBron, you have Steph Curry, you have Kevin Durant, who are in the playoffs and they are winners every year. And there's such a focus on them being the the focal point of the league. Kevin, you asked who was the the MVP of the Kansas City, Kansas City Royals World Series team. I have no idea who was on that team. The team was known oh. because they were just like a utility. They were like a utility team of closers and everything else. Yeah, they had the seventh inning guy, the eighth inning guy, the ninth inning guy. And the guy I'm not was the best bullpen in the world. It was yes, amazing. Exactly. But the thing about bullpens is, and I think the thing about all of this is, these are really excellent people and it's so fun. It is it's nice to watch in the postseason. But these players don't even play the whole game. And there's something to be said for people like Derek Jeter and, and starters and Cal Ripken who play the whole game, who can be faces of a league. And it's really hard for um, this Jeffress fellow, for the Brewers that, that is on, um, to be the face of the league because he plays hopefully one inning every night. Right. Well, I think – so that's that's kind of what with, – with, with baseball, with uh, all, all the math stuff that's been going on, the they, they'd say that, well, you know, Derek Jeter's not the best shortstop we have. He's old and Nerd. shouldn't be playing anymore. And so... Uh, that was actually a point of the sequel class we took of, like, why Derek Jeter is, is not that good. And, what, <laughs> and like, uh, all, I, I had nothing to say except for, like, the, the Kobe defense of, like... Oh, it was, ranks. like, a, yeah, like a, a, a Boston guy. Oh, yeah, yeah it, was a, it was actually but, a BU guy. Yeah, I mean it's it's tough because yeah, like I mean, like you said, I I know who Mike Mike Trout is, and I I know of his I know of his greatness, but like I don't know if it's I don't know if it's ESPN's fault for not you know advertising him like they used to advertise someone like a Mark McGuire. Um, I you know I so I here's think the thing: not everyone's juiced yeah. anymore. But yeah, I yeah. think a lot of like. I think a lot of stud football players would actually be really hard to pick out in a crowd, too. You might be able to tell that they're a football player because they have a totally different body type from, like, every other person on the face of the earth. Yeah. But, like, I I don't think I could pick Le'Veon Bell out in a crowd. So I think that's... And and the other issue is with the... With... It's obvious in basketball... You know, it's less of an impact in football, but even like even less in baseball is that one player doesn't it can't make a team, mm. and the best players in baseball are still maybe like if you look at it from a stats perspective, the best players in baseball are what like ten percent better than you know uh, right. an average player. It's just like except for the, Mike Trout, there's just not much variance, <laughs> and so like the stars are just 
like they're they're the best, but they're not actually that much. They're not they're not comparable to LeBron versus the rest of to the average NBA player. And so they're that's not, interesting. So what you I think what you said is right about you know one person can't really make a team, and yet you know I, I mentioned the storytelling aspect of it. Right, and part of why I think it's so good for baseball and for playoff baseball is that they're in in the big four American sports. There is no sport that is as relentlessly individual as baseball. At the same time, that no person can make a team. There is right. no more. Really and truly, like even I guess you get like a maybe a penalty shot in hockey, but there is no more mano a mano, one on one event than I'm standing on a mound. I'm gonna huck this ball in your general direction as fast as I can. You have this refined tree branch. You're gonna try to hit it. <laughs> and yes, once that happens, there if it's you know, in the field of play, there are other guys who are, are impacting what happens. But, you know, talk about the, you know, the three true outcomes, walk, home run, strikeout. Like, no one is involved in those three things besides the pitcher and the hitter. And yeah. that's really, that's so intensely fascinating. And it makes, it makes for great storytelling. The, the great, the the sort of greatest generation of sports writers, uh, you know, back in the day, like they cut their teeth on the storytelling of baseball and, and, you know, and to a lesser extent football, the, the burgeoning violent sport that represented America's relentless frontiersman instinct. But like it was baseball, it was Casey at the bat. It's Bobby Thompson hitting the shot heard around the world. Yeah. And there's just, there's nothing like it. I mean, so last year, so you mentioned UVA baseball earlier, Kevin, and that was, that kind of struck a chord for me because when I moved back to Charlottesville was the summer of 2015, which is the summer they won the College World Series. I watched that game in my new residence. I got super excited. Uh, I got super excited when they won. Um, I had gone to a couple of the... uh, the super regional games uh, or maybe the regional games where they vanquished Maryland. And that was a, a great delight to me. Yeah. Um, and, and as this was all happening, I kind of rediscovered the Astros a little bit and, and it, it kind of happened through Jose Altuve, who is just this magical little small Venezuelan man who uh, seems like he, should do nothing but hit for average and steal bases, and yet he's got this surprising yeah. amount of power. Um, he's like, he's my height, and right, not even that no, much bigger no, he, than me. He and looks he, up to you, <laughs> right? And he hits for power. It's the most amazing he's five five, the most amazing the person in sports. And so last year they went on this incredible run, and they they won the World Series, and I watched. I basically watched almost the entire thing. I was that game that that series was nuts. Half those games yeah. went to extra innings because they were well, total home yeah. run fests. Right, I was that one up that until was like, like two o'clock in the morning yeah. watching baseball. 
Well, and that big one, I forget what the final score was. I feel like it was in the double digits. But, oh, definitely. Uh, I mean, like, yeah, if if every baseball game were were that right. exciting, it would be right. it would be awesome. But like, that's just it's you know most of the time when baseball games go to extra innings, it's a you know it's a it's LSU a one, one Alabama sort of fest. You know, right. it's not it's a defensive I, uh, struggle. But fair, and I will admit that I am spoiled and biased in this regard because of last year. Oh, I mean that was that was the that was the most amazing. It was game it was so great. Seen. I want them to do it again. I really do. But you know, even even still. I know who Jose Altuve is, and um, I, I, I know that there's the one pitcher on the, the Astros with the beard, um, and then it's, you know, it dries up really quickly. It dries up really quickly for me, as opposed to that time in the late 90s, early 2000s, when if you were an American League All-Star Game voter, you had to decide between A-Rod, Derek Jeter, and Nomar Garcia Parra. Because the game was so full of stars, and that's not to take away from the baseball that's playing, being played now. I I vividly remember the that Nats Giants series um, in the postseason uh, a couple years back, uh, where I was sitting with a friend, Sunan, friend of the pod, uh, in in a heavy seas alehouse, and we stayed for the whatever nineteen inning game and watched the whole thing because it's so captivating. Even even in a vacuum that that doesn't include big big time stars or at least not as big time as that but i think that that's that's definitely part of it for me is it it lacks that that's there is more of a story in the postseason but you don't have the story of as much of okay here's this this person this this singular person who's who's gonna bring this this team to the promised land or challenge the person who's who's sitting on the throne at the moment well so i'd say that the reason that that is the case is because through all the all the the money ball stuff people realize that it's better to pay five good players what you would pay one you know amazing player uh and so i think there are more teams like the the royals like yeah uh, the Rockies that are getting into mm-hmm. the playoffs, plus the wild card helps it too. So I mean, are and then you I start- mean, so you're saying like, oh, I mean, I guess I understand why they do it, but like, you just preferred it when like there were these when when baseball teams just kind of went with, oh, like you know, we have this brand name player and well, I mean, we we just talked about how one player doesn't doesn't make a team in baseball, so. You just need one. There are eight other guys out there, and if you're in the American League, there can be nine guys out there, and you just have this guy show up. Um, uh, I can't. I'm not going to say his name correctly. It's Shohei Otani. Um, you know, he's going to be DH and all next year. Like yeah. that is a bi- that is a big name. Like as far as internationally goes, he's a bigger name than Mike Trout. Um, and yeah. you know, he can be your 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 brand player. He's also great and and, and very young, but. Uh, yeah, I mean, I would, I would kind of recommend that. I, I think that it, it you know, uh, the NBA is is an easy counterexample, but you know, the the Wizards have John Wall, and he has some cachet. If they had a, you know, a a point guard that was very functional, um, and then had this team lacking stars, otherwise, I mean, I wouldn't. I mean, I would tune into them because they're local, but. No one else would on a Thursday night. I mean, so I, I think that that it does make a huge difference. I mean, for me, two thousand nine, uh, the well, two thousand yeah, two thousand nine, 
uh, the Yankees won the World Series. And I remember that for, for two reasons. One, it was my first year in in college, and I remember them winning and watching it on our hall and being very excited they won. The other thing is that, that summer uh, after graduating high school, uh, I got to go to the new Yankee Stadium, and Derek Jeter hit a a go-ahead home run that ended up being the, the winner for the game. Um, and he didn't hit a lot of home runs at that point in his career. So I vividly remember that. And if it had been, I don't know, uh, shoot, some, someone else, if it had been Brett Gardner hitting the go-ahead run, home run, I wouldn't remember it as much, even though that is someone I know from watching them a lot. But the singular person, even on a very team sport, makes a huge difference for my watching habits. Yeah. Um, so the um, so in uh, related news, so the the potential Kansas City Royal in question, the mm-hmm. MVP of yeah. the World Series, might have just hit a walk off uh, walk off uh, hit to uh, beat the Rockies. Uh, Mike Mustakis was he the was he the MVP or was it? He was not. <laughs> Uh, I know I know he's no Derek Jeter, but I, I know he's a good series. <laughs> I had the intern look it up, and we we should sort of go out on something tangentially related to this point. I like one of the things I like about postseason baseball is it gives you, uh, it gives you big moments for someone who can be, quote unquote, that guy. Like who's that guy? And I think, I think so. In the game in question, the Cubs Rockies. Uh, wild card game the other night i think like the whole world kind of got introduced to this pitcher for the rockies kyle freeland in a way that they hadn't really been before and like maybe that's the start of you know his ascendancy into being like an important player in the major leagues like it was for 2015 world series mvp salvador perez yeah sure yeah and i i mean i think one thing with you saying when, when baseball gets baseball-y and, and that you don't like like that, what, what I think what, what really draws me to it is that, again, part of the problem with the regular season of baseball is that you know, there are so many games, each, each batter, each game is not that significant in the grand scheme. But in the playoffs, you feel the urgency because you know, the managers are coming out and they're bringing in a pitcher just to face one batter. And I think that that is what what makes it so much more exciting is that it makes it like every batter is really important, and I I think that just it it increases the tension, uh, it, it lets it creates better stories, and it's just I think it's just a ton of fun to watch, and so that's why I, I get really excited when these you have these playoff games that go into uh, fourteen innings at you know one in the morning and such. It's just mm-hmm. hard because I live in Washington and root for the Nationals at this point in my life, and the Nationals are basically the Tracy McGrady of baseball. They don't make it out of the first round. Yeah, uh, that's yeah. that's right. Yeah, and I, I do, I mean, I wish, you know, I kind of wish the 14-inning games, you know, I wish it took, you know, I wish it took two hours to play a nine-inning yeah. game instead of three and a half, and I yeah. wish it took, you know, three hours to play a 14-inning game. Get the misery game. done with. But, <laughs> yeah, uh, I don't know. All right. Any, I, any parting shots? Yeah, so my parting shot would be I, I don't watch a ton of baseball except for in the uh, when we get to this time of year. But I, I'm still I, – I believe that the most exciting highlights or the most exciting like thing to go up and look up on YouTube is a walk-off home run and with, with the, you know, the crowd freaking out. 
Yeah. And I think that the best highlight reels are, are baseball highlights. Okay. Uh, I actually don't think I disagree with you. Wow. Yeah. Baseball highlights are kind of great. They're so awesome. Like they they make such unbelievable plays on like you know that's part of the bonus with with so many games as you get oh, shit. You <laughs> so many chances me. for so many uh, good plays. So you just reminded me a couple years ago um, when the the Blue Jays were mashing their way through the playoffs, somebody put together like cut together a, a video compilation of every home run they had hit. Uh, synced up with the the johnny cash song god's gonna cut you down and it's got the song has these kind of clap i think it's got claps in it and they synced it up so that every clap was the crack of a home run oh, nice. and so like the ability to do that is really neat and unique that reminds me we had it max has a video he's supposed to do for us that has been discussed for now years now years. <laughs> All right. On that note, I think we'll we'll get out of here. But uh, if you have thoughts about playoff baseball that you would like to share, come find us on Facebook or Twitter at Pretty Okay Pod and let us know what you think. Go socks. Oh, all right, Max. Max Kevin. Uh, okay, it is time now, as it is every week, for Pierce is sorry. And by the look on your face on this Skype call, I can tell. I can tell that you have something really good. Um, it's gonna be really good for us. It's gonna be a little painful. Well, I should have. I should have. I, I, I realized in this. I, I should have finished the uh, Ken Burns baseball documentary. I didn't. I, I watched like the first <laughs> four or five episodes. It was good, but I'm like, I don't. When it transitions to the um, the images being in color, like I'm not interested anymore because I know what happens then. Everyone starts getting mustaches and and juicing, and that's not fun. Um, and you know, amphetamines. But uh, no, I'm not. I'm actually not apologizing for that this week. So while you all were playing baseball as youths, uh, I was playing golf. And uh, sometimes in my like I guess teenage years, um, I started in the summer. I would would help out at summer camps, uh, teaching kids and, and stuff, which was really rewarding and, and really a lot of fun. And I'm I'm glad I got to do it. It's not something I reflect on a lot, but. I reflect on it today because of something that I am, of course, apologizing for, which is be it baseball or whatever, you, you do these things and you feel like you know them and, and you kind of know the, the way everything works. Uh, it's hubris. So I was developing hubris at this young age, which is important because eventually you have to cut it down and realize that the world is, is dark and cruel and cold and that this hubris needs to be tempered. So in this instance, I... Uh, you're 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 both familiar with the uh, the range carts that pick up golf balls uh, from the range. Oh yeah. So yes. there's one of those sitting in front of the mats, or sitting on on the the grass surface that, especially on weekends, you could hit off of, you know, which is a nice treat. Uh, instead, so cut really short so that you can you can hit off of just like the fairway. Well, um, for the camp, they were like, "Hey, Pierce, can you go move it?" And I. You know, I don't. I didn't at that point, though. I did later on. I didn't didn't work at the golf course or anything. But I'm like, oh yeah, I can do this. And there were people there who who did work and did not use this. So because of the position it was in, I uh, I said, oh, okay, yeah, I can I can move. So I was probably 14, 15 at the time. I didn't even know how to drive a car necessarily, um, but I had driven golf carts, so I thought I could do this. So to get in a better position, I put it into reverse and and. As you all aware, they have kind of those those spinning things on the front, and it's it's an attachment. 
um, and their wheels. And what I'm apologizing for this week is, is really to the people who looked forward to the weekend where they would come and they would hit balls off the grass, uh, maybe on that right side, which they were then not able to do because I, having not the knowledge but only hubris, flipped that thing in reverse and then tore up the grass because when you flip a thing like that in reverse because of the, the way it is manufactured um, and the mechanism – they don't also go in reverse, so they just turn and twist in the grass and then pull up divots everywhere. So I am apologizing this week for my youthful hubris, which uh, I have cut down to the point now where uh, I'm a huge proponent of uh, low expectations because that's an easy way to exceed things. <laughs> so did you realize that you were tearing up the grass as you were doing it? Just oh, kept going, oh, or was imme- it like, immediately. Uh, immediately. Oh, okay. And someone ran over who knew it. He was like, no, 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 no. And I was like, oh. And he's like, yeah, you, you can't put those in reverse. And I subsequently worked at um, a golf course, and I never put that thing in reverse. You know, I say blame the engineer. Yeah, they should have put a reverse function on this thing. Well, I was—I mean, it. the reverse function was on it, but there wasn't—it wasn't on the attachment. attachment yeah. So, well. uh, yeah, watch watch out for those uh, third-party uh, third-party mechanisms they include. <laughs> All right, uh, that, that's a fantastic apology. Um, so we'll we'll close the show as we do with a big idea from pop culture, and I have I have two. So I I have a, a contemporary one and one that fits with our theme for today. Uh, the contemporary one is that uh, there's a new album out uh, within the last month or so by Mitski, and it's really good, and you should listen to it. Mitski is wonderful. I'm going uh, to see her. I'm jealous of you, motherfucker. Um, uh, the album is called Be the Cowboy, um, and, and it is it is a good listen, so check that out. Uh, but we were talking about baseball today, and, and uh, there's a, a whole genre... <coughs> of uh, baseball movies and even even within the realm of the sports movie I, I feel like the baseball movie is its own specific subgenre and I want to take a minute to celebrate uh, fever pitch no no not fever pitch no uh, but I do want to celebrate Socks. Uh, what I think after some careful consideration is probably my favorite baseball movie uh, Major League Major League is the story of the uh, hapless Cleveland Indians uh, who, whose owner uh, is trying to uh, intentionally – she's trying to tank. Uh, she inherits the team from her deceased husband and, and tries to tank the team into uh, like triggering a release clause in their contract with Cleveland so she can move the team from, uh, to Miami. It's basically the producers but for baseball. Um uh, and they, it's this motley crew of reject, uh, misfit toys of baseball. Uh, the, Charlie Sheen plays a, a pitcher who throws the ball very fast but is extremely wild and has no control. Uh, Dennis Haysbert, who you probably know as either President Palmer from 24, that one's for Max, uh, or the Allstate guy. Um is a, a power hitter who can't hit breaking balls and, and does like voodoo rituals uh, in the locker room. Is this name Pedro Serrano? Yes. Oh, nice. Oh, yes. Uh, and, and then Wesley Snipes is in this movie as <laughs> yeah. Willie Mays Hayes, who is fast as hell, but all he can hit is pop-ups. 
It's just oh, so he's Kenny Lofton. Oh, Kenny Lofton was right. Great. I like yeah, Kenny Lofton. So yes, he's Kenny Lofton, and then um, it's not Tom Berenger. I think it's Corbin. I don't, I don't know. One of one of those kind of interchangeable that guy sort of actors. Uh, Corbin Bernstein maybe uh, plays the uh, catcher who you know, a la Bull Durham, is this grizzled old vet who was like in the Mexican League as he burned out. He like ruined his knees and. He he's lost so much zip on his throw. He he can't throw the ball to second base, uh, and they just they start winning, and and they wind up in the climactic scene discovering uh, the uh, the springtime for Hitler plan to uh, to ruin the team and, and then move them to Miami. And they say, you know what? Screw it. We're all gonna go out and have a good time and beat the New York Yankees. Hold on, I'm really confused right now because. So I've never seen Major League, Not but I've I. seen Major League Two Why? like twenty times, yeah. <laughs> and that is the exact same plot. Yes, yes. So, they so my cha- they didn't change a single thing except <laughs> the catcher was they they had they had a new guy coming to be mentored by the old grizzled guy, and his problem was that he couldn't throw it back to the pitcher. Not the second base was the right. problem. Mm. <laughs> yeah, I mean, wow, my great job, great job, screen. And also, I'm Wesley s- Snipes replaced by Omar Epps. Oh, oh interesting. Okay. Mike Tomlin. Uh, so the yeah, I mean, I know how the thing is with that movie. I haven't seen it, but it's ruined for me because I know how Cleveland beats the Yankees, which is uh, Jabba Chamberlain is involved and uh, midges, also known as flying bugs. That's how you beat them. Always works. <laughs> <laughs> Speaking of playoff baseball. All right. Uh, so on that note, uh, I think we've reached the end of the show. You can find us on Facebook or Twitter at Pretty OK Pod or drop us a line at It's Pretty OK at gmail.com if you want to let us know what you think. You can find us at our home on the web at www.prettyokpod.com or subscribe to your, uh, our feed on your podcast app of choice so that you get our episodes every Tuesday like clockwork without having to go looking for us. If you do that, please do us a favor. Leave a rating, review, comment, that sort of thing. Or if you've got a friend who you think might be interested in what we're doing, tell them about the show. We would love to share what we're doing with them as well. Uh, We will be back again next week, as always, to talk about something else. Thank you to Kevin for joining us this week. Thank you. And until then, I'm Sean. I'm Pierce. Thanks for listening. Bye.